Chapter 22 In the Paradise of the West At the time when the Master uttered these words in the hall of the potter at Rajagaha, Karmanita awoke in the Paradise of the West. Wrapped in a red mantle, whose rich drapings flowed down about him, delicate and glistening as the petals of a flower, he found himself sitting with crossed legs on a huge, similarly coloured lotus blossom which floated in the middle of a large lake. On the wide expanse of water such lotus flowers were to be seen everywhere, red, blue and white. Some as yet were mere buds, others, although fairly developed, were still closed. At the same time, however, countless numbers were open like his own, and almost on every one a human form was enthroned. Their richly draped robes seemed to grow up out of the petals of the flower. On the sloping banks of the lake, in the greenest of grass, there laughed such a wealth of flowers as made it seem that all the jewels of the earth had taken form of blossoms and had been reborn there. Their luminous play of colour they had retained, but the hard coat of mail they had worn during their earthly existence they had exchanged for the soft and pliant living vesture of plants. The fragrance they exhaled, which was more powerful than the most splendid essence ever enclosed in crystal, in keeping with this change still possessed the whole heartsome freshness of the natural perfume of flowers. From this enchanting bank his enraptured glance swept away between masses of splendid trees, some loftily piercing the sky, others with broader summits and deeper shade, many clad in rich emerald foliage. Numbers of them were resplendent with jeweled blossoms, standing now singly, now in groups, some forming deep forest glades. Far upwards he gazed, onto where craggy heights of the most alluring description displayed their graces of crystal and marble and alabaster, here naked, there covered with dense shrubbery, or veiled in an airy drapery of florets. But at one spot the groves and rocks disappeared entirely to make room for a beautiful river, which poured its waters silently into the lake, like a stream of starry light. Over the whole region the sky formed an arch, the deep blue of which grew deeper as it neared the horizon, and under this dome hung white massy cloudlets on which reclined lovely Gandavas, celestial musicians who drew from their instruments the magic strains of rapturous melodies that filled the whole of space. But in that sky there was no sun to be seen, and indeed there was no need for any sun. For from the cloudlets and the Gandavas, from the rocks and flowers, from the waters and from the lotus blossoms, from the garments of the blessed, and in even greater degree from their faces a marvellous light shone forth. And just as this light was of radiant clarity, without however dazzling in the least, so the soft, perfume-laden warmth was freshened by the constant breath of the waters, and the inhaling of this air alone was a pleasure which nothing on earth could equal. When Carmenita had grown accustomed to the sight of all these splendours, so that they no longer overpowered him, but began to seem like his natural surroundings, he directed his attention to those other beings who, like himself, sat round about on floating lotus thrones. He soon perceived that those clad in red were male, those in white were female, while of the figures wrapped in blue robes, some belonged to one, some to the other sex. But all without exception were in the fullest bloom of youth, and seemed to be of a most friendly disposition. A neighbour in a blue cloak inspired him with particular confidence, so that the desire to begin a conversation awoke within him. I wonder whether it's permissible to question this radiant one, he thought. I would so much like to know where I am. To his great astonishment the reply came at once, without a sound, 
and without even the faintest movement of the blue-clad figure's lips. You are in Sukhavati, the abode of bliss. Unconsciously, Carmelita went on with his unspoken questioning. You were here, sacred one, when I opened my eyes, for my glance fell at once upon you. Did you awake at the same time as I, or have you been here long? I have been here from time immemorial, answered the neighbour in blue, and I would believe that I had been here for all eternity if I hadn't so often seen a lotus open and a new being appear, and also because of the mysterious perfume of the coral tree. What is there special about that perfume? That you will soon discover for yourself. The coral tree is the greatest wonder of this paradise. The music of the heavenly Gandavas, which seemed quite naturally to accompany this soundless conversation, adapting itself with its melodies and strains to every succeeding sentence, as if to deepen its meaning and to make clear what the words could not convey, that these words wove a strangely mystical sound picture. And it appeared to the listening Carmenita as if in his mind endless depths revealed themselves, in whose shadows dim memories stirred, without being able to awaken. The greatest wonder, said he, after a pause. I imagined that of all the wonderful things here, the most wonderful was that splendid stream which empties itself into our lake. The heavenly Ganga, nodded the blue. The heavenly Ganga, repeated Carmenita dreamily, and again there came over him, only in added degree, that feeling of something which he ought to know and yet was not able to know, which the mysterious music seemed to seek in the profoundest depths of his own being as if for the sources of that stream.